It's beautiful. Every color is powerful. Every color is worthy. Try to bury us. They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Salieri, and this is Salt the Podcast, a series of encounters with inspiring women. They're healers, activists, mothers, educators, and world changers. Together, we create community, share knowledge, amplify voices, heal, and break narratives by elevating a new generation. Welcome to Salt the Podcast. My guest today is Vivian Aqua. Vivian is the workplace wellness advocate who helps organizations with keeping their team members happy, healthy, and safe. The host of Let's Humanize the Workplace and the organizer of the Amplify DEI Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Summit, which took place at the end of September. But Vivian is also the mom of Orlando and partner to Jan. I met her in December 2019, never in person though, always via Zoom due to COVID, even though we live in the same city, and she became my podcast coach. She challenged me from our first encounter, believed in my project, and inspired me all the way. Our 30-minute conversations on Friday morning turned into one-hour ones, and then suddenly we were spending two hours talking. We always have a lot to talk about, and today we will speak about Amplify DI, Orlando, Sankofa, and Let's Humanize the Workplace, which is also our topic for today, and as part of the overall topic, Elevating a New Generation. Welcome, Vivian. So nice that you're here, and I'm looking forward to talking to you. Thank you, Stella. So nice to have this, finally have this yeah. conversation with you. Yes. <laughs> so who's Vivian? Tell us about you. Wow. Who am I not? So one thing that Stella doesn't know yet, but I think that after all the conversations that I had with her, she knows now I'm very tall. I am, I'm like a unicorn. So my hair is sometimes purple or pinkish. Um, I'm very kind. I'm just like the, the tall giant who has a, a chocolate heart. Um, I'm a mom. I am also a multi-passionate woman. And that's why I supported Stella with her podcast as well, which I'm so proud of. I am a person that wants to amplify other voices and the reason why is because I was kept quiet for a very long time. I wanted to speak up, but didn't know how. And I wanted to speak up, but I wasn't allowed to speak up. So me showcasing me in the work that I'm doing as a workplace advocate or as a host for the different live broadcasts that I do, is also a way of me honoring those times that I could not speak up, but also amplifying others, engaging others, supporting others to speak up and use their voice because we have so many lovely voices that we need to hear in this world, but they are maybe afraid, maybe not in the right environment to, to share it, or maybe they are just, you know, questioning themselves about if it's the right time, do they have the right voice? And that's something that I support others with as well. Thank you, Vivian. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. What is Let's Humanize the Workplace and what is workplace wellness? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about it? 
Yeah, so let's uh, let's humanize the workplace. Started last year, I was working somewhere part time where I felt I was being dehumanized, and me as being dehumanized is facing a situation where uh, somebody was not only critiquing me but also leaving me less human, also devaluing my own value. And I wanted to speak up, but I did. I did do that. I did do that to the managers. I did do that to HR. But the way the situation took, it was draining. It went on too long. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore because the way that people are attacking me, it's making me think less of myself. And I've been in that situation before where it, I almost lost my own life. And I was just like, okay, I'm 39 now. I'm not in a position. I'm not going to let somebody who thinks that maybe it's because me, I'm, because me being a woman, or maybe it's because me being a black woman, or maybe it's generally because me being black. I don't know the reason why somebody feels like they want to dehumanize me, but I I did have a feeling like the person didn't want, want to honor me because it had to do with me being black. And I wanted to say something about that. But when when you tell somebody that they are racist, I know that they won't listen. So yeah. I start with you're dehumanizing me and you're devaluing me and I am not here for it. I'm all for the support. I'm all for the having the conversation, but here we're finding out that somebody is still, you know, backstabbing me along the way. It, not even backstabbing me, stabbing me in front of my face whilst I'm standing um, uh, in front of them. That's like, okay, I don't know what to do anymore because if I already addressed it to so many important people that could have done something, but they could not because the company was too big to do something, that's where, that's then and there I use my voice. I had podcasting experience and I have experience, of course, to be respectful, to not name, you know, the company, what I'm addressing around and the people that know, really, really know me, they know where it is, but I was still wanted to be respectful and still wanted to have, you know, conversation about, am I the only one? Apparently I'm not. And apparently mm -hmm. there are so many experts that really wanted to speak up about what's happening in the workplace because I, there was so much of the human factor missing in the workplace as I needed to do something about that. So that's the part of let's humanize the workplace and workplace wellness is um, a holistic way of uh, employee of looking at the employee well-being. So you're not looking only at the physical well-being, you're looking at their mental health. You're looking also at their career. Are they advancing in the career or what tools are you providing your employees to advance or to create promotion? So I will look into mentoring. Another thing that you also have to know that when somebody's financial unhealthy, it also affects their physical and their mental health wellness. So there are also tools to look into that, the social well-being and the environmental well-being and all these six pillars these are the foundation for the total well-being because Stella, what you need for your well-being can be totally different to what I need for my well-being. And that's something that a lot of companies are not offering towards their employees, giving them a palette to choose so that they can choose on whatever type of well-being they want to work on so that they can create that resiliency that the companies want 
because when people are more resilient, they become more productive, they become more engaged. And that's where I want to, uh, that's what I've been doing to advise managers and uh, companies as well to increase that engagement, even now from working from home. Yeah. So you have workshops, you have um, presentations that you give and you have your live shows, right? That you do yeah. twice a week. Yeah. Once, one is in Dutch and one is in English, correct? Yeah, I did do that twice a week but then again you know working from home there is a different lifestyle right now and balancing you know the mom balancing a teacher balancing uh balancing so many other things i decided to downsize my talk shows to primarily english and after december i'm going live twice a month because i want to you know i also need some time to recharge with all the activities that i'm doing on the side yeah yeah i mean i was like twice a week and then yeah. you don't only have one speaker you have three four people on the panel and new people and new people i'm like where's she getting all these people from so i know people. really you did a lot on that i i know people and they know people yeah. and i challenge my audience to invite others as well uh, and also there is a lot to talk about there is a lot when it comes to humanizing the workplace it's not only about you know about maybe the bad culture that is there but it's also about the managers it's also about you know the workplace design if people are working in a space where they are not getting any natural daylight that affects their their productivity or their whole well-being so i wanted to address the different pillars that we have within workplace wellness to have a conversation about that and just plant thoughts in people's mind people themselves the listeners the attendees they have to you know, give it some sunlight, give it some TLC and nurture whatever thoughts they planted in their minds to, to, you know, let it grow. But at least I want to open up the door to plant the thoughts because I, we are missing those thoughts. We don't have to take everything in as a given. We also need to uh, raise more awareness when it comes to well-being in general. Yeah, totally. I have a friend, she's in HR. And I told her about you and she, I think she follows you also as well now. And she's like, I want to meet this woman. Like she got already really impressed with mm -hmm. what you do. Thank you. So I'm sure you guys will meet in the future. I hope I so. also know that um, let's humanize the workplace, everything that you're doing. And of course, we will go more into depth throughout the mm -hmm. interview. It has on the one hand, something to do with the experiences you had yeah. at work. But there's also a promise attached to it, a promise yep. that you made in 2013. So can you tell us about your promise? Yeah, by the time that I became pregnant, I, um, instead of telling my family and friends about the fact that I'm pregnant at five weeks, I told my managers. I, at that time, I, work, I was working for a small company, 36 people with five bosses, oh. uh, men primarily men. And I had to, I felt like I had to explain to them that I'm pregnant because I was getting sick and I didn't want them to bully me away as they did with a previous uh, employee. So I told them the reactions were different, but what started, something started and that something was pregnancy discrimination. Um, I really felt loss like an employee like a woman like a becoming you know a new mom because I was not only dealing with you know my body growing and there is a child within me but there was also this hostility outside of outside in my my environment which I thought that was safe 
And when the pregnancy discrimination started, I, um, it didn't take me a while, but I called in sick because I knew that I had to save my energy for my son. People don't realize that when you, know, when you bully pregnant women in such a way, it can leave a huge impact into their mental health, but also it can jeopardize not only the health of the mom, but it can also help jeopardize the health of the unborn child. Absolutely. And in a way, it affected my child in, in a certain way. And I, when I started to realize that, I said, no, I had to leave the workplace. I had to say goodbye. Um, and doing that was the best decision that I ever did because it, I set myself free from a job that wasn't serving me, from a job that was draining me. And my son really caused that effect within me. And not realizing that ever since, you know, I found out about him, I found out about the, the fact that I was pregnant. He was always, I see him as my guide. I see him as my life coach. So by the time that my son was about four months, um, I made a commitment to him is that I'm choosing life for love and I want to make the world a better place for him. So with with Amplify DEI, with Humanize the Workplace, with everything that I'm doing, I am advocating for something that is not easy to do. I ha- I mean, I'm an introvert or sometimes an ambivert, and I've cried for so many times because of the fact that the work is sometimes hard or can be sometimes lonely, but luckily I have my tribe now, so I'm crying a little bit less, but now I'm crying over the fact that I am so overwhelmed or so overjoyed with so much love and so much understanding. It's not easy to do, but I always turn back to my son and I look into his beautiful brown eyes and I know why I'm doing it. So my heartbeat is my son. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing it. You already mentioned Amplify DI. This is Mm -hmm. your latest project. Yeah, my baby. A huge one, actually, which... When I met you, you were kind of in the process, right? And then mm-hmm. you had the idea and you started working on it. So uh, I yeah, got a few sneak peeks into your work. What is Amplify DI? When I posted about it, I got messages from friends. What's DI? What is that about? So I was explaining. Yeah. Um, so tell us what it is and tell us what happened last month and is actually still happening. Mm-hmm. So Amplify DEI, and DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And it's merely my message or my gift for my son and his generation to move the needle because we have done so much talking, looking back to know what Martin Luther King did, what so many other people did before our generation I'm just like, okay, but we are playing, we're still playing that same song over and over again. And I'm just like, we have to lift up the needle and move it to, towards a new song, a new way of, of uh, looking at our people. Because uh, when Orlando, that's the name of my son, when he started asking me about, is somebody going to hurt you whilst explaining to him why George Floyd died? I was just like crying from the inside because I had to reassure to him that nothing's going to happen. 
not based on my color, but from the inside, I was just like, I cannot make this promise and I cannot sit back and, and do nothing or sit back so that other people are doing something. I have to, in my way, uh, participate in this demonstration and with me demonstration there are so many ways that you can demonstrate you can you know literally go outside and demonstrate or you can use your platform your voice or you can ask other people to join you in this crusade so talking to so many people through let's humanize the workplace all I did was ask them I am starting this movement i need your support because it takes a village to raise a child and i need us to do something about it you don't have to worry about the technicality only worry about your topic the content 20 minutes and i did it it really was a marathon and it really was a labor of love but know that 69 people in total including myself 69 people joined me in this crusade. We have about 130 plus talks of 20 minutes. And these talks contain action. It's not about the blah, 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 blah. And you can check off, you know, you can check off the fact that you have done a presentation or you joined the workshop. No, these talks are actionable talks and they are there for everybody who feels like they want to begin this journey, for everybody who want, who is maybe in the middle of this journey or for everybody who feels like they are advanced, but they want to look into how other people are, uh, are using these challenges to amplify diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's it. What's happened now. I just, we are recording it while I just launched Amplify DEI last week. I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering from the love that I got. I'm still recovering from the fact that so many people found this valuable because know that I did something. I made a promise. I bungee jumped. And then after the bungee jump, I was just like, okay, what did I do? What, <laughs> what did I do? And that's Sometimes it's better like this. Eh? <laughs> if you think that's, too much, you don't do nothing. That's how I operate. That's how I operate. So what, what, what is still happening? A lot of people are asking me what's next. Definitely next year there will be, you know, a part two of Amplify DEI. But I also want to work with organizations that are ready to provide materials for their employees because that's where it needs to be. That's where I want it to be. So it's a, it's a Netflix for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Am I there? Do I have a lot? No, but I at least have 19 topics that I am uh, that I that I can provide thanks to all these amazing speakers. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And I mean, it happened last week, but can people still like register for it? Because I know, I mean, I also recorded one presentation, but somebody yeah. maybe who missed it or is listening to our conversation starts like, what is that? I want to hear all these uh, talks. Definitely. The content will still be available till next year. So till 2021, uh, September uh, 2021. So definitely. And if you feel like you want to use it longer, maybe I'll, I'll extend it. So uh, like I said, I said in my quote, D working on DNI or implementing DNI strategies, it's not a one night stand. It's a marathon. And we need to we need to run that marathon in a good way so that everybody feels safe and everybody feels heard and everybody feels 
like they don't have to hide themselves because I've been one of the person that used to hide themselves and I'm trying not to get emotional, but it is looking back in the way that I face racism or discrimination or so many other isms that make me feel less. It's not easy. And looking towards the future where I see my son, beautiful boy, I don't want him to deal with that same because if he does, I'm afraid that I'm, I will be losing my son before he can show his magic. So I don't want that to happen to him. I understand you. Yeah. I understand. I totally understand it. And I think, yeah, experiencing racism, sexism, these are things that stay with you for life. Yeah. So I know how you feel. Thank you. And I know that we have to do something for the next generation, for our kids. There are certain things I don't want to hear them anymore in 10 years. And not even, to be honest, in two, three years. I'm yeah. sick and tired of talking about certain topics. People still have to explain things to others. We're still being put in boxes. Like, yes, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm and there with you. To me, I'm it's also you. one of the reasons why I launched the podcast. You know this very mm -hmm. well. Because, yeah, I just want our kids to to just be different they are going to be different yeah. definitely yeah yeah and you're doing a great job vivian thank you and i thank you already a lot for everything you've shared we've just started but uh, <laughs> i mean interview i don't like even the word interview our mm -hmm. encounter and um yes thank you so much you've already kind of said it but maybe it's good to go a little bit more in depth Because you said also during our conversation, you felt like you couldn't say certain things, you were scared or people were dehumanizing you. And I know that you said once, we need to have some real conversations so that we can get to know the people we are working with. Can you tell us what you mean with that exactly? I mean, one story that I can tell is about uh, microaggression. So when you're working in a workplace with 30 people and these 30 people are looking more or less alike so i'm just saying it white and they start to ask you questions or they start to share jokes these jokes to these 30 people may seem harmless but to me it's like every time you're being attacked by a killer bee and know that a killer bee doesn't attack alone they attack with their whole family so being stung by 30 people being stung by 30 bees it's deadly It's deadly because it almost killed me, literally killed me. When I was younger, I, um, I had to deal with a manager that was very, very toxic towards me. And I, he made me feel so much less, lesser than less that I thought, well, if I'm that less or if I'm not valued, I might as well disappear. I'm glad that it didn't go through. But that, that part of my life, it's something that I, I don't wish upon anybody. I don't wish upon anybody. Wow. Yeah. So you've really been through a lot yeah. in the workplace. And yeah. you really like, yeah, you really yeah. know what you're talking and, about. And, and this with George Floyd, it opened, my, it opened wounds, wounds that I... Even my family, my parents don't know that I've done this. And now I'm sharing it with all the podcasts that I'm, I did it. But 
I want my son to be, to know me, the real me, and to really know why I am advocating for this. I'm advocating for humanity. That's, it sounds silly, but that's what I want. Yeah, I remember when we first met, our first encounter, um, you were really like, really tough and like, okay, I have 10 minutes. And that's it. Okay. But I, to be honest, you really challenged me with this. You know, who is this mm-hmm. woman? Who is this woman that she's not showing herself to me? You know, mm-hmm. what's that? But you were like, really, you can do. And then you messaged me and come on, the lady, challenge yourself. Challenge yourself that you okay. can do that in six months. And then when we started our journey together, for me, really, every Friday was like, okay, another step towards yeah, getting to know you and learning mm-hmm. from you. And, and mm-hmm. you were always so, you challenged me, but you were also extremely kind as you described yourself at the beginning, very respectful, very loving. And yeah, getting to know you like this has been very, very beautiful. And today, right now, you're sharing another part of yourself with me that I didn't know about. And uh, wow. Yes, I know it's a lot, but see me as an onion and I can, or a flower, I can open up to those yeah. who are, you know, w- when we are at the same energy or it's the words that you say, but the, if you type in the wrong pin code, that's when you see the Chinese wall. I'm sure. I, ha- I have to, I yeah. have to protect myself because of the, the experiences that I have in the past and I learned through my son to open myself up to more people again. So it's a learning experience because I did shut down to protect my heart. But it's also like when we are younger, we, you know, we have our parents and then we go out into the mm-hmm. world and suddenly other people say things about us yeah. or to yeah. us or behind us. And that can cause a lot of damage. And then you, if you don't know your value, then anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. And now we know who we are, so yeah. we don't care anymore. We can speak our truth and we can t- take our actions and we can make the change that we want to make. So Definitely. Yeah. I'm there with you. And again, like last year when I was 39, I was just like, okay, when I'm 40, I want to accomplish something and I want to stand for something and I want to be able to share that with my son. It's not that I want to you know, become the 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 Nobel Prize winner or something, but I want to do something impactful. Boy, what did I do this year? A lot of impact was created this year. A lot of impact. Yeah. Yeah. On an individual level, on a larger level. Yes. Yes, both. Yeah. Yeah. I need to have a moment of silence. (laughs) I know. I understand. It's a lot. I know. Um... Let me ask you the following. Mm-hmm. I know that your grandmother has been a very important part of your life. Mm-hmm. And um, you sometimes post about her. You've told me about her. And there is a saying, an expression that has something to do with your roots, your Ghanaian mm-hmm. roots, mm-hmm. which is Sankofa. And um, I would like you to tell us what does it mean and what does it mean for you? I also know you have a tattoo that represents the saying. So can you share with us what does Sankofa mean? 
One of the things when I grew up was the word Sankofa, and literally it means go back and get it. So knowing what it stands for, and we in Ghana, we honor our ancestors, but we also look towards our future. And the way that I see Sankofa is respecting my past and using whatever I learned from my past, using that to my advantage for my future. So when I look back to who played an important role in my upbringing in the past, it's my gran. My, my, the way that I am or my aura or the way that I am with people, she has the same. She is like that. I did not see her that often because a trip to Ghana, you know, especially when you are taking your child and you have to vaccine them for for going to Ghana, it's a lot. But the times that I did see her, there was something magical when we sat next to each other or when she was cooking and I was standing next to her in the kitchen. She has this magical vibe. So when she died in 2009, a piece of my heart left but I knew two years later, I, uh, in 2011, I was in New York and I was just like, I'm ready to, to honor my gran and put a tattoo on my, on my wrist. So I have a tattoo of Sankofa. It looks like a heart, uh, but there is also a different version as in uh, a duck having, ha- passing an X on the, the back. And when I became a mom or when I became pregnant, the first person that I wanted to tell but wasn't there was my gran. And when Alonda was born, the first person that I wanted to tell was my gran, but she wasn't there. But seeing how Olando is, seeing what an amazing boy he is, I know that he has the soul of my grandmother or in a way we, we are both similar. I know that a lot of people love to be around him, likewise, like me, but we also have our moments that we don't tolerate people around us and that we need that time to recharge. And he is showcasing so much of what I see in my grand, what people see in me. And so Alondo is my future and my grand is my past and I'm, in between and I just want to pay it forward and also in a way for Alondo to to um, learn more about his great grand. Has he ever been to Ghana? No, not yet. The plan was when he was about you know eight years because again I don't like the fact that we have to take a vaccine and uh, medicine to go to Ghana but yeah. we have to protect ourselves with now with this whole COVID thing when he's 10, <laughs> when he's 10 and when we are ready to, to, to move around and about, that's totally fine. Yeah. But I tell him, I tell him a lot about Ghana and I tell him that we come from, uh, my grandmother was a, a queen and we come from royalty. So I sometimes forget that when people treat me badly and then I look at her or I look at an image and I know that I come from royalty. So I have to treat myself as royal. That's it. Good. Yeah. Good. I like that. Yeah. Mm, you said that you have your tribe, 
that you build your tribe. And I know that there are also a lot of women that are part of your tribe. I also know there are a lot of men so uh, mm -hmm. uh, that support you a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, but I want to focus more on the female part. And what is female solidarity for you? Mm, everything. To me, it's... I have seen as a woman and I've also witnessed as a woman that when you don't have a tribe or when you are the only one who's reinventing the wheel, it can be so challenging and so hard and so frustrating and so like you just want to give up. But being in certain tribes, I have to say lean in, but also knowing you, also knowing so many amazing power women, I feel empowered i feel supported but i also can support those who really need me so when people reach out to me they know i will go the extra mile for them because uh, i don't think about quid pro quo i know i think about karma that's how i see it being played and it does me it's an honor to support another woman in their career or in their podcasting or in whatever it is that whatever challenge they are facing. And we sometimes forget that uh, another woman paved the way another woman supported us. And yeah, that's all I have to say. We need to support women more often. Doesn't mean that we have to support all women because not all women are like-minded or my kind of woman. But I'm doing my best for those who vibrate in the same, in on the same energy line space. Is that is that a good way to say it? I think so. Yeah, we have a similar energy. That's where I go hard for. Yes, I mean, as I said already, the, the way you've supported me has been incredible. I learned mm -hmm. so much from you, and I mean, you know already what what I think about supporting women and female solidarity but it's really true if other people believe in you and they're they're there and they carry you and they believe in your vision and they speak life into you so many things can happen like so many good things definitely yeah absolutely uh you have a quote that you like by maya angelou mm -hmm. we also have another one that we will talk about later hopefully mm -hmm. and this quote says i've learned that people will forget what you said People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Can you elaborate on that? What is, is there to elaborate? Because yeah, I mean, we've already actually, <laughs> kind of, actually kind of said it. but No, but I mean, what everything that I'm doing at the moment with Amplify DEI, let's humanize or the, the person that I am today. It's about providing people a better experience when they engage with me than I have had with previous managers or previous colleagues because the way that they have treated me, I mean, I could have turned very bitter. Yeah, I could have turned in their worst nightmare, but I started to channel that energy towards something positive. And uh, when you look at Amplify DEI, it's literally... It's literally this quote by Maya Angelou because people are raving about me and I am just being myself. I'm just being me. But they're also raving about the fact that I gave them a stage so that other people can hear their voice. And that's all I want. So I want you to remember that you need to treat other people 
the way that you would like to be treated because you never know what that can be due to you positively or negatively. I mean, I'm always expecting the best and uh, expecting, you know, something positive come out of it. That's, that's me. That's me. So Maya Angelou, she's like the, everybody's auntie, the best auntie that you could ever have because she has so much knowledge and so much wisdom in her that I wish that she was here, but then again, there is so much of her that I could, I can read and can listen to and can look at because she's just an amazing woman. So I'm glad that you brought her up. I mean, she said, right, your legacy is every life that you've ever Mm -hmm. touched. And that's something also that I have in the intro of my podcast on my website and I truly believe in it. And my Angela has been amazing. Like, yeah. and I mean, to me, she has been such an amazing role model. She actually inspired me to take certain decisions just by reading about her life. And um, yes, who has been your salt, Vivian? Who inspired you? I guess your grandmother, but maybe there has been somebody else as well. Mm. If I would say a current day mentor. Mm, who is here in the Netherlands, I would say Sandra Williams, because she is up to this day, five years ago, we met during a mentorship. And it was about, uh, it was about me putting out my business or becoming a freelancer. And she helped me see how I could turn my hurt into power. And I could open my heart so that I could let other people in. And Sandra, up to this day, has been such an impactful woman. Uh, There are more women, but I know that Sandra is that teacher, you know, you have that coach that even though she's not there, you can still hear her voice. Even though she is not there, you can still feel her warmth. Even though she's not there, you can still hear the words that she would say when she would be standing next to you. And to me, that is Sandra, Sandra Williams. So once this podcast comes out, I will also share that with her because she would, uh, she would love to hear this as well. Wonderful. And she's a coach or she, at the moment, she's a teacher, uh, a teacher or a lecturer in um, a school of art at the Mm -hmm. moment, high school. But she played a huge role into a program that they were setting up for women here in Amsterdam. And uh, up to this day, we are still in touch. I'm even, you know, supporting her to amplify her voice in a way. Um, And she is still a huge impact to me, but also a huge impact to so many other amazing women. So I would say my modern day salt is Sandra. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. And to whom do you want to pass the salt? What do you want to say to the to the next generation that you have not already said actually, but yes, what do you want to say? Mm. And to whom do you want to pass the salt? I want to pass the salt to my uh I call her my daughter-in-law but I shouldn't, but it's the uh, the daughter of a dear friend of mine, Rachel Snip. She, her daughter is Rosalie and she now, Rosalie also has a sister and I want to pass the salt to both of these ladies or girls because in a way I don't have a daughter, but they both mean the world to me and I see them as my daughters and I want to 
pass the salt to them because I can already see what a courageous woman they are going to be, especially with the mother that they have. And especially with the aunties or the extra aunties like me that they have, they are going to be amazing women. So I want to pass the salt to them. And I want to say, speak your voice, speak your truth, find your tribe and the rest will definitely be yours, especially with, you know, these amazing women surrounding you. The world is your oyster and never think that you are too small to start uh, a ripple effect internationally, <laughs> like me. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it, Vivian. And is there something that you want to ask me? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what would you tell your children about amplifying DEI, not specifically what you did for amplified DEI, but but more what would you tell them to amplify diversity, equity, and inclusion? Because I know that for you, it's also important to have these conversations in home. And I would like to know what is the one question or what would you tell them? I try, not I try, me and my partner, we raise our children in a certain way. So we are mm-hmm. already having certain conversations and we are telling them things that they shouldn't do, they shouldn't say. So mm-hmm. we are kind of, I don't know if you want to say living Amplified DI. You are. Because of our own backgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, the things we've been through in our lives, the racism that we've experienced, sexism, things we've seen in our environment, people experiencing. So for me... Raising my kids as feminists, as anti-racists is very important. And it's, of course, a learning process because when I was younger, I also didn't know I can speak up. I can mm-hmm. say certain things. Yeah. I didn't know the words. That's why also my presentation at your event was about certain words like institutional racism, structural racism, mm-hmm. intersectionality, so on and so forth. Because if I had known those words when I was younger, I would have been able to encounter certain things in a different way but I didn't know the words so I became aggressive or I I was closing up or I was moving away whatever so for me it's important that my kids if we look at diversity equity and inclusion that they from a very young age become aware of certain things that they become aware that uh, yeah like every color is beautiful right how I started to my podcast, but we speak very openly about things, very openly. We speak about, let's say, the whole Swarte Piet debate in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So we try at least as much as you can explain to young kids that we don't use the word, why we don't use it. If you hear other people saying that word, tell them about it, that this is not the right thing to do. We talk about the skin color of their grandmother, of their father, um, the things that happen, of course, also with George Floyd. Um, mm-hmm. I explained it to them in my poor yeah I don't know I mean how do you explain this to a child right you have to be Mm -hmm. very careful because it can be quite shocking yeah um so there are a lot of things that we discuss and um certain words that we use um also towards women certain behaviors uh the other day one of my kids was like vagina ha 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 and I was like what is so funny about it I mean you keep saying penis and nobody's laughing and the moment you say vagina you're all laughing and I say to them this is where you all came from so Mm -hmm. 
these are things that um, yeah we are trying to do in our house and the way we live, the people we are surrounding ourselves with, the things we do, even the podcast that I'm doing right now, it has also something to do with my kids. So when you say Orlando inspired you on so many levels, I can say that especially the birth of my daughter, which was my last kid, really made a huge impact on me because it really reminded me what does it mean to be a woman and there are certain mm -hmm. things that I don't want my daughter to experience, like just remembering stuff I get angry, you know, and it's not only things that I've experienced. It's also what other people have experienced, the things you've shared today with me. It's not just about me. It's about collectivity. It's about being together, making a change. So this is how I see it. This is what Amplify DEI means for me. And this is uh, how I implement it in my household. And it's a learning process. It's uh, we are learning every day. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am in awe and proud and honored that you are leading the way with your children. So I just have to say that I'm proud. That's it. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. Actually, I have to mention one more thing, just because we, we, we were talking about it. Mm -hmm. This year when we were in Greece, um, one of my kids, there was a boy and uh, they were playing together. And then the boy moved a little bit further away. And then my child started screaming, hey, fatty, fatty. So the whole beach heard it and people were like laughing. And I just got so upset, you know, just called him to myself and I say, don't you ever call this boy this word again. Nobody. You're not going to mm -hmm. tell people these words. And there were people next to me saying, come on, you didn't mean it like this. It was just funny. No, it was not funny. You don't speak like this, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the boy came and he told me that he didn't like this. So I confronted him and I say, apologize to the kid and don't you ever say that again. So mm -hmm. we really have to take responsibility and also, yeah put our kids in place, right? Definitely, definitely. But thank you, Vivian, for your very encouraging and nice words. It means a lot to me. Of course. And thank you for your honesty. Um, I'm actually, you know, I started a master in gender studies and I'm learning so many new things, but I'm also learning things that I've kind of already done with my podcast without knowing the words again, as we discussed earlier. And there's one thing about... Um, unexpected openings so mm. when you like this moment that we had today there were so many unexpected openings right so many unexpected things that happened and that's also the beauty and that's also what salt is about that what we're doing here is a collective endeavor it's not just me sitting here asking you the questions and that's what you have to say and don't say something different and this is also very beautiful and um, I thank you very much for your honesty and for being so open You're welcome. For you, I do a lot. So no. you're welcome. <laughs> so as you all know, I always honor a woman at the end of my podcast. And today I want to honor Ava DuVernay, whom Vivian loves a lot. Ava is a U.S. filmmaker who has won and been nominated for several awards for her work. She's the woman behind the movie Selma, the documentary The 13th, which is about the 13th Amendment in the U.S., documenting the prison system in the U.S., actually, and how the nation's history, um, yeah, is based on racial inequality. And it's a documentary that I highly, highly recommend. So I want to finish with a quote by Ava DuVernay that Vivian actually told me about during one of our conversations. And the quote says, I'm not going to continue knocking on that old door that doesn't open for me. I'm going to create my own door and walk through that.
So I want to encourage my listeners. Sometimes we have to open our own door. We should not just be sitting, waiting for others. We should not just keep knocking. Sometimes we have to open our own door and we have to walk through that. And while we are creating those doors for ourselves, we have to keep them open so others can also walk through them. So we have to take people with us. And this is how I want to finish today. And I thank you so much, Vivian, for taking the time to speak to us, to share your wisdom, share your truth. I will upload all your information on my website. And I thank you, everyone, for listening. Feel free to visit my website, saltthepodcast.com, for more conversations. Follow us on Instagram under saltthepodcast. And of course, I'm always looking forward to hearing from people. If you have questions, comments, if you want to speak on the show, I'm, uh, I'm here. <laughs> So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Vivian. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Something that is loved is never lost. I'm Stella Salieri, and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.